It's a blessing and privilege to be here, to have you here with us today. Just a quick reminder, mask, if you have one and like to use that, feel free to wear. I see many wearing that today, and that's fine. I want you to be comfortable. If you don't want to wear that, that's fine. If you, uh, if you want to wear your mask, then by all means do so. We have several in our group that we're praying for, for health and, and issues, so we want to continue to pray for them today. Uh, but before we do that, our scripture reading. Our scripture reading, we're starting a new series today. And our scripture reading is found in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 48. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 48. And also Acts 11, 1 through 18. Acts chapter 10, 1 through 48. So if you don't have your own Bible our ushers have Bibles available. If you raise your hand right now, they'll bring one right to you. And you can have that to, to uh, follow along in the rest of our service. I'll be reading from the ESV, so if you have a Bible that's not ESV, it might be helpful to get one of our uh, regular Bibles that is ESV, and you can follow along right with me. So raise your hand if you'd like to have an usher bring you a Bible. Acts chapter 10. The entire chapter into Acts 11, the first 18 verses. <clears throat> Let's all stand in respect to the reading of God's holy word. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as, as a memorial before God, and now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter, he is lodged with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him, and having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. 
Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who was well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So, invited, so he invited them in to be his guest. The next day he rose and went away with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them, and they called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lift up, lifted him up, saying, Stand up. I, too, am a man. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit any, anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without hesitation or came without objection. I asked then, why you sent for me? And Cornelius said, Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore, send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner, by the sea. So I sent for you at once, you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses. We ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, 
Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts and prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were, sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them, excuse me, if then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. We read this today as an intro into our new series I'm going to let you ponder, what would that be? What could it be? What book are we looking at? Where will we start today? As you ponder that, let's pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here. We thank you for bringing us together again with some who have not been here. We think of Brian and his absence the last three weeks. An amazing time. We thank you for your healing of him. It's not finished yet, but uh, you have allowed him to be well enough to be here. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your keeping of Heidi and their family in the meantime. We thank you for their desire and their steadfastness in serving you. We pray that you just continue um, your healing on him and you give him strength and complete recovery and that uh, you allow him to com uh, continue or to start with the task that he once did as going to work and caring for his family and such. We pray for strength in that. 
Lord, there's a number of people who are affected by illness in one way or another. We think of Jonathan uh, Holt. We ask that you would watch over and bless him and, and Keisha and their family. We pray that you watch over them. We pray for Dale here today, but has some issues that he needs attending to. So we pray, Lord, that you would just help him in that, that you would give him peace to trust in you with all things. And it's, it's hard, Lord, when we go and we don't know what the issue is. We just know some symptoms. So I pray that you give him peace in that and that you would be with him. Uh, we pray for um, others who have, have suffered and, and uh, or are suffering in some health-related issue. We pray that you would just watch over um, each part of of your people here in this congregation, thanking you for allowing some to return and some to have uh, some recovery. We thank you for that. Uh, and we pray, Lord, that we would uh, be steadfast. We will be faithful in serving you. Um, so we just pray for us as a group that you would, uh, you would just bless. We, we think of, of Mickey's son, Jay, and some of the issues that have gone on with him and his his heart in that condition. We just pray your mercy. We pray your, your healing and your blessing. And we pray especially, Lord, that you would call him to give attention to his spiritual condition, that he might uh, not just assume that he's okay, but that he might come to trust Christ as his Lord and Savior. We pray and thank you for those who hear uh, this service via the internet and uh, there are many there that we just continue to pray for, and we thank you for them uh, um, being able to, to tune in and, and to, to watch and to, to listen to your word as it goes out. We pray your blessing on them, and we pray that they might take heed to, to your truth and your word, and when it's possible, Lord, that they might join themselves either with this church or with a good church that uh, will, will encourage and lead them in the truth of your word and be an example to them. So now, Lord, bless the hearing, the preaching of your word, that we might receive it and that we might take it in and that you might, the Holy Spirit might use me to speak forth your truth and that uh, you would use that to minister in our lives, not just today, but throughout this week and throughout our lives. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Choir will come for special music and then the preaching of God's word, and then the choir is going to close with a song at the end of the message today. In our purpose in the pulpit ministry to preach, um, um, to preach through series so that you can gain an understanding of how God's word is, is connected and not just isolated passages, but to, to understand the context of which God is speaking his word. And so we just finished a series in Galatians. And uh, before that, we had um, our series in, where did we go before that? I remember before Galatians. All right. Job, and then before Job, anybody remember that? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. So I'm, I'm counting on you to tell me. <laughs> we have done Esther. We have done Job. Uh, we have done uh, Hosea before Esther. Um, so we've done a number. I know in our Sunday school, we've also gone through 
uh, Sunday School series. And so um, I trust that that's a blessing to you. Today we start a new series. You might think with the passage we read, maybe it's Acts or maybe it's Peter, 1 Peter or 2 Peter or, 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 or one of those. But today we're going to start a new series in the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark. We've chosen the Gospel of Mark for several reasons. Um, one is it is the shortest of the Gospels, and so we'll be able to, to make a flow uh, a little better uh, with 16 chapters instead of um, whether it's Matthew with uh, 28 chapters there, with uh, Luke with 24 chapters, or John with 21 chapters. And so uh, we, we will look at Mark as a gospel. Also, um, it allow us, um, there are the gospels that are called the synoptic gospels, and that will be Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Synoptic means to see the same. In other words, they, they're given a relatively same view. I, I, I mention it like camera angles. Um, some people uh, can, can wonder, why do we have four Gospels? Are there four different Gospels? No, there's one Gospel, uh, four books that, that give the message. The Gospels give the message of Christ's life. And those four books give it, the three give it about the same angle, a camera lens, you, you might say, a camera angle, and John takes a little different uh, approach. And so uh, the three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called synoptic, and, and John is, is kind of set by itself. Also, John was written much later. Um, the apostle John was the last of the living apostles, and uh, he wrote later. He was the only living one when he wrote, when he wrote um, the Gospel of John and also uh, Revelation uh, first, second, and third John in the book of Revelation. Uh, so we're looking at Mark. You might ask, why do we read in Acts if we want to look at Mark? Well, we read because the, the gospel writers are giving us the story of Jesus. And we, what perspective are we getting? Mark himself was not an apostle. Who was he? And, 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 and what gospel are we getting? We read in Acts because... It's commonly known in history that Mark took his information from Peter. Peter was his source. Peter was the uh, eyewitness to, to Jesus. And so we are, are looking, in essence, we're looking at Peter's gospel as he translated or as he gave it to Mark to write down. And so beginning that viewpoint and that perspective from Peter as we read through the Gospel of Mark. It's an interesting perspective because Peter himself is a very interesting person. And so we see in Mark uh, several things that we see in all of the Gospels, in all, especially the synoptic Gospels. We see just a common uh, way of covering the life of Christ. In the Gospel, uh, as we see in, in the synoptic Gospels, we're, gonna, we're going to view Christ's life. We're going to see uh, various, various aspects. The gospel as a whole covers Christ's life from his birth until his ascension into heaven. So they, they cover his, his birth in some ways. Only two of the gospels cover his birth, and that is Matthew and Luke. They cover the birth of Christ. None of the gospels cover the period from Christ's uh, early childhood until 12 years old, or even after 12 until 30. None of them cover that period. 
And because of that, you, you know, you're going to see, especially Easter season, you're going to see documentaries that tell you about the life of Christ. Don't watch them. <laughs> Don't listen to them. Much of that is just speculation. I want to say all, but, you know, you be careful about statements like all. But there's speculation. The Bible tells us what we need to know about Jesus. And so if you're curious as to why there's nothing mentioned between the age of when he left off in Matthew uh, to, to 12 years old, because God didn't think we needed to know that. What we can know, the reason why I say a lot of the documentaries are speculation, they come up with stuff like Jesus did magic when he was a kid. And, and we know from the Gospel of John, in John chapter uh, 2, it says this is the first miracle that Jesus did when he turned the water into wine. So we know all that stuff about any miracle he did earlier is just false. So the Bible tells us what we need to know, and we can look at that and, and have a good understanding. Um, Jesus began his ministry when he was 30 years old, and that ministry went on for about three and a half years. And so um, Mark really covers that three-and-a-half-year period. Mark does not spend time uh, in Jesus' birth. It's not that that's not significant. It's not uh, his camera angle. It's not what, what the, 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 the part of the story that he tells. He, he leaves that part of the story to the other Gospels. And so he starts off with the, the ministry that Jesus has on the earth, and that's about three and a half uh, years. He goes up until the time through Jesus's uh, crucifixion, his resurrection, and then what we call his ascension. Several days, about 40 days after his resurrection, he spent some time during that time on earth speaking to his disciples, and then after that he was taken up into heaven, and we call that his ascension. And so Mark is going to cover that period of time from the start of his early ministry until his ascension. Let's take a look at Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to look at and read. It says there, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." I'm just going to pause there um, and, and, and go back to the Acts passage. So let's turn to Acts chapter 10 as we speak on that. So um, I'm just reading that for our introduction today. Starting next week, we'll start right fresh with the beginning, right, what I just read, and we'll actually preach through. Today, the purpose of today is just kind of set and outline uh, this, this book and this, this gospel 
and to encourage and to challenge you in it. God is, is, gives us an account of the life of his son and what he purposed to do. And we're going to be reading through that. We, we, uh, we ought to read that. We ought to know not just, we ought to know the facts of what happened. We ought to uh, realize this is the word of God. And so it is, it is helpful for us. It is it's absolutely essential for us the truth that comes from his word and the power and the, the encouragement and inspiration and direction that God gives to us from his word. As, as believers, those who are believers today, um, we look at the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the gospels take a close view of Jesus, what he did and what he taught and what that means for us today. And that's what we want to look at today. So it's not just a view of history of what happened back then, but it's with the emphasis of, of what does God mean uh, for us to, to, to carry from that today? What is, why is that special and what does it mean for us today? What are we to get out of it and how are we to think and how are we to live our lives as a result of who Jesus is and what he did um, um, in his life? So let's go back to Acts chapter 10, and I want to tie that in with, with what we read in Mark 1. I want to tie that in in two ways. Acts 10 verse 34, Peter is speaking to the crowd that had been gathered at Cornelius' house. Cornelius, Cornelius is not a Jew. He's a Gentile. And God has sent an angel to him to say, look, I want you, I'm going to answer your prayer and I'm going to send to you a man to speak the truth, the, the truth that you need to know. And God, in fact, we read in our story, God sent Peter. Peter didn't know what he was going to face and he didn't know exactly what to say. But Jesus had prepared him for that, saying, look, <laughs> when it's time to speak, the Holy Spirit will give you what it is you need to say. And he begins to speak, verse 34, Acts chapter 10. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. He is beginning to give the gospel. And he says, it starts with God's plan. And it starts with God's plan to reach people. People from every nation, every nation. So look out on our church today. I'm glad that, that we have, we, we have a, a racially mixed group of people because that reflects the purpose that God had in the gospel. He says people of every nation. So we have some growing to do if we're going to reflect more of that. And that should be our purpose because that's God's purpose. Now, what is, this is new to Peter. It's, 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 it's something that, that God had to bring in a, in a strong way because it was foreign to Peter's thinking. He says, it's strange for me to come up in this house with Gentiles in it. And I've, I've got a Jewish heritage and background. I've never done anything like this before. But he says, doing this and knowing that God sent me to do this, God specifically told me, I want you to go with these men without hesitation, 
Don't hold back. Go with them. And now he gets there and he realizes he begins to put things together. God has showed Peter a vision and Peter didn't know what it meant. And now God is, is unveiling what that vision is. And so he says, in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And so that would, that would fit Cornelius, wouldn't it? We read earlier how Cornelius was an upstanding man, well-respected in his community, well-respected in the Jewish community, a man who was seeking after God's purpose and will. What's missing there? He was seeking. He hadn't found it. He was seeking. So at this point, he wasn't saved. He hadn't heard the gospel. He hadn't embraced. But he, he, God was speaking to him and drawing him to himself. The reason why I say that, we could stop there and think that to each his own. As long as you respect God, you're okay no matter what nation that you come from, and you can do it in your own way. That's not the message of the gospel. God was drawing this man to himself. And you notice as this man, he looked to God, God, tell me, speak to me, send someone to me to teach me how I can be rightly related to you. Do I have to be a Jew, a part of your people to do that? Or how can I do that? Lord, do you have anything for me? Or is that just reserved just for this small group of people that we know as Jews? What's going on, God? And the angel came to him and says, I, God has answered your prayers, and I have a message for you. I want you to listen to Peter. Send for, for it's, it's interesting, he says, send for Simon in the house of Simon. There's two Simons there. And he says, send for Simon Peter, who's right now staying with Simon the Tanner, and he's going to come and he's going to give you this special message that you need to hear. Cornelius did that. While he was waiting for Peter to come, guess what he did? He invited his whole family, all the friends, everybody he could get. He invited, come here. God has answered my prayer. He's going to tell me what we need to know, how we can have connection and relationship with him. And this whole house was filled with as many as he could get there. Isn't that interesting? Doesn't that speak to us? That when we know what God is saying, we want to tell others and we want to include. Cornelius hadn't even heard it yet, but he, he had heard enough from God. He had heard a message from God. He had heard a message from God's angel saying, hey, it's coming. It's coming. The truth is coming. And he had prepared his heart for hearing this. And now Peter, God had been working with Peter, and God sends Peter to him, and he begins to speak. He says, I understand that God shows no partiality. That was good news to Cornelius. Because he's thinking, well, that's not what the Jews are saying. The Jews are saying God is showing a lot of partiality. They're special, and they're the only ones God is speaking to. But the gospel counters that false thinking that the Jews had. In every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Now, we said that sounds like an encouraging message and all-inclusive and like, you know, why are y'all preaching Christ? Because that's divisive. God says every nation, anybody who respects him is good. That does it. That's not all of his message. That's the intro. Let's see what he says. Let's see all that he says. Continue from there in verse 36. He says this, As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, notice what's in parentheses, 
He is Lord of all. In other words, he's not just Lord of the Jews. He's Lord of Gentiles. All is his creation. He's Lord over all of his creation. Every, everything that's on the planet, every people group that's on the planet, he is Lord of. This is the gospel message coming out. He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea. You see, the reason why Cornelius is praying, because he's trying to put things together. He's heard about Jesus. He's seen, can I put it in our day and age, he read the internet news and saw the newspapers and saw the news of what was going on in his day. He knew there was something special about this Jesus, but what does that mean to him? He knew what was going on. Peter reminds him of what had happened. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. You see, what we're getting here is the gist of the gospel of Mark, which is the gospel of Peter. Peter is laying out in a brief sermon in a brief message to the folks gathered at Cornelius's house what God's purpose and plan is. He's laying out the gospel. That gospel hasn't changed. It's the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. It's the same today now. And the truth is the same and the impact is the same. So Peter lays that out. He says, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. See, Peter is saying, look, I was an eyewitness. I was there. That's why he was an apostle. An apostle means that one who had been with Jesus throughout his ministry. So it's Peter's influence and his story that is shared by Mark that we get the gospel of Mark and we get, we get a summary of it here. Peter's giving out that gospel, the story of Jesus' life and what it means to someone like Cornelius. He says in verse 36, we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree but, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. You see, he's, he's going through, this, through the whole period. He started with the baptism of John and how that was the introduction to, to Jesus himself all the way through Jesus' life of what he did, how he, he healed and did many miracles, how he was put to death, how he rose from the dead, and that after rising from the dead, he spent time with his, his apostles so that they would be witnesses. And Peter says, I was there. I was there. I saw it all firsthand. And so now I can share that with you, Cornelius. And he does that. Verse 42, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. He summarized who this Jesus is. He said he's not just a good teacher. 
He's not just a good prophet. He's not just one who did miracles. He's the one appointed by God. In other words, he's saying this. He's the one and only one. There is no other appointed by God. Not, not Mohammed, not Buddha, not any other one appointed by God who God says you are the judge of the living and the dead. What does that mean? If you want to live eternally, if you want to be with God, you come through Jesus and through him only. There is no other way. It's the same truth that Jesus said in John 14. I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Peter was there when he said that. He heard the truth that Jesus spoke. And he preaches that now to this crowd in Cornelius' gathering in his house. Verse 43, to him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Isn't that the gospel? Isn't that the precious gospel? Peter is letting Cornelius know everyone who believes in him, whether you're Jew or whether you're Gentile, everyone who believes in him, the, the, if that is a strong and, and a clear and a truthful statement, and it is, it also means those who do not believe in Jesus have no way of being rightly related to God. Jesus is the only way. He's saying to Cornelius, you've been a good man. You've been respected by your community. Even the Jews recognize you and all the things that you've done. But let me tell you the truth. This is God's path and this is God's way. And whether you're Jew or Gentile, you must come through Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. He points out that, look, God had put his approval on this by what Jesus did and what he accomplished. And, and we have been witnesses of all of this. And now Jesus, Jesus is the one. Jesus is the man. Jesus is the Savior. He said, Cornelius, you must come through him. Verse 44, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. <laughs> the gospel is being preached. And what is it that causes men and women and boys and girls to trust, to receive the gospel, and to trust and by faith turn to Christ? The Holy Spirit must move. That's God's working and God's doing. The Holy Spirit moved. He says he fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. God was doing the thing there to show those folks gathered. He's showing the people that the party that came with Peter uh, uh, um, from, 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 uh, from Simon the Tanner's house. The party that Peter brought with him are witnessing the Holy Spirit moving in this group that's at Cornelius' house. And they witnessed the same thing that they saw. We can go back earlier in Acts. We can see how when people heard the gospel and they, the Holy Spirit came and they believed and then uh, the Holy Spirit brought them to that belief, brought them to faith. And then he also displayed his approval on what they'd done by showing signs through them that this was an act, this was a work of God in their lives. And so we see that happening here. He says, the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, verse 46, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. 
Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? He commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And they asked him to remain for some days. They wanted, they wanted more. They wanted to hear more of this truth. They wanted to be grounded in it. They wanted to, to tell me more about this Jesus that you've, you've commanded us to, to believe and to trust in. Let's hear more of what he taught so that we can learn to be more like him. And so Peter stayed around for a little bit. When he got back to Jerusalem, you can see that in the next chapter. That's why we read 11, verse 2. So Peter went up to Jerusalem. The circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. Now, we dealt with that in Galatians, didn't we? <laughs> but Peter got it now. He kind of understands or, 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 or we see him displaying the right attitude. And what he does here is he patiently just retells how God has opened his eyes and shown him his purpose and his plan so that the gospel might go to the Gentiles as well. And I, I just want to pick out a, a few verses here because it just repeats that story for emphasis so, so Peter can let them know what was, what was going on. He says... Uh, Go to verse 13. Peter's recounting what Cornelius told him. He told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who's called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. So the angel told Cornelius how he was going to be saved. In other words, Cornelius wasn't saved before that. Perhaps he was a good man, outstanding, but he was not saved. The message of the gospel had to be heard. It had to be received. It had to be believed on. Doesn't Romans say, tell us, well, how, how can they hear? Unless there's a preacher. And, and it's God who sends those preachers, you and I, to speak that gospel to others. And it's God who prepares the heart of those who are going to get it, just like Cornelius' heart. And all in this household were prepared by God. Are you praying right now that this might be the year that God will prepare the hearts of your family and he give you the courage and the boldness to speak that truth, to see that realized in their life, to see them come and trust in Christ? I pray, I'm, I pray that for my family and I pray that you will have that same prayer. Verse 15, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's exactly what we see in the beginning of Mark, that the story is being laid out. It started with the ministry of Jesus, how John started baptizing, preparing the path, the way for Jesus to come. But he's saying, there's greater things coming than me. I'm not worthy to even, to even tie up his shoelaces. I'm baptizing you, you with water to represent what's going to happen in this baptism by the Holy Spirit. He's, he's going to pour the Holy Spirit into you and transform your life. So we see that. <clears throat> Verse 17, if then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. They, in other words, they could give no more resistance. <laughs> they couldn't criticize Peter anymore. They realized this ain't Peter's doing all by himself. This is God's work. 
and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Let's talk a little bit about this person, Mark. We said that he was a follower of, of, of uh, Peter. He hung with Peter. He got a lot of his, all of his information from Peter. But you need to know a little bit more about him and his life. In Acts chapter 13, verse 5, we see the beginning of Paul's ministry. You can read the first couple of verses and get that, but... Um, Verse 4, Acts 13, verse 4. Are you with me? It says there, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. This is the group of which um, Paul was, was, was a part. Um, you can see it in verse 2. The Holy Spirit says, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, that's Paul, for the work to which I have called them. Verse 5. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John to assist them. Here's John. His name is John. That's his surname. He's Mark. This is Mark. He's called John Mark. And he's the writer of the gospel. And so John Mark went along with Paul and Silas, oh, excuse me, Paul and Barnabas, and with the work that God had called him. He was partnered with Paul. So here, here's a man that spent some time with Peter, and he spent some time with Paul. But his time with Paul <laughs> didn't always go so well. Look at verse 13, of Acts chapter 13, verse 13. Now Paul and his companions sent sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Now, it doesn't give us all the details, but this is Mark. This is John Mark. He was, he was with Paul and Barnabas and that whole group as they ministered to, but he left. Now, it's not told here, but we can discover why he left as we read on in the other context that we see. It's like he was running away from the gospel ministry. It was a tough ministry. We, we read about that, in, in fact, last week when we talked about um, Paul and, and some of the things he went through, we, we, uh, his, how he was stoned in the cities for preaching the gospel. Jews chased him down, followed him from one city to another. Uh, I don't know uh, how that, exactly the details of how that Im impacted Mark, but he left the ministry. He gave up. So I, I'm, I'm going back. Paul wasn't very happy with that. You can imagine Paul's spirit. He's like, dude, man, if you're going to be a wuss, don't be hanging with me. Uh, we, 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 we all in it. You're either going to be all in it or, or, or leave us alone. Go, 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 go all out or don't go at all. That's what Paul's nature, and in fact, that's the Holy Spirit's nature. John Mark was, was discouraged, and he gave up. Turn with me now to uh, chapter 15. Verse 36, Paul and Barnabas get ready after they had completed their first missionary journey, we call it. They, they, they want to continue. They want to do more. And here's what happens. So let's read that. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now that's a strong statement because if you, if you remember the reading, 
Paul got stoned. He, he had, they thought they killed him. He's going back there. Really? He's going back there. What Holy Spirit courage that he had to not give up. That's the kind of, that's what the Holy Spirit does in, in our lives. He, he works that steadfastness, that faithfulness in us. And that was, that was very strong in Paul. It wasn't so strong in John Mark, and we can read on. It says, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. And that's where you can see the connection between the use of both of those names and where he was in this situation. Barnabas wanted to take Mark, verse 38, but Paul thought best not to take them, not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. He saw Mark as a quitter because he was. He was. That's not an admirable trait. Mark did not, he was not faithful in that work and in that ministry. It's amazing to me that, that people know that they should be faithful and they want to be counted as faithful well, sometimes they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear it when they haven't been faithful. Oh, I was faithful. I came. I did this. I did that. Well, really? Why'd you quit? Why'd you quit? The fact is, is that all who start on the work aren't always faithful. That's a fact and that's the truth. Paul had no patience or little patience with those who weren't faithful. Praise God, though, Barnabas did. <laughs> and that's our connection here. Barnabas said, look, I know he disappointed you. Well, we can minister to this guy. We can go and we can, he can be useful, is what he said. It says, verse 39, there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. Now we can ask the question, who was right and who was wrong? Um, Mark was wrong for being unfaithful. Paul was wrong for losing patience with him. And praise God that Barnabas took him and ministered so that he could be useful for God's work. Here's the message to us, is that if we realize there's times when we've been unfaithful, when we haven't done what God would have us to do, and we're honest about that, but God sins, he's not finished with us. He doesn't throw us away. <laughs> he might set us aside for a time and work on us, but he can bring us back where he wants us to be. God calls for faithfulness. There's no question about that. He calls us to be faithful. He encourages us to be faithful. Maybe there's somebody that you're encouraging to be faithful. Don't stop. Don't give up on them. Keep working on them. Maybe somebody is encouraging you to be faithful. Praise God for that. They're doing the work that God has for them to do. But you need to be faithful. God wants you to be faithful for a service. Because we look through the Gospel of Mark, we see God uses a man that disappointed one of the greatest 
leaders and teachers of the day. He disappointed Paul. He had the great opportunity to minister with Paul and to be close to Peter. There weren't anybody that was higher than those two men. And yet he disappointed one, but another took him, and God used him still to write what is profitable for us today. He wasn't an apostle, but he was a disciple in the sense that he was a follower of Christ. He knew the gospel. He had believed in the gospel, and he had set his life to live that out and to minister to others, and in that he's dis he had disappointed some. It disappointed them. But God reclaimed him, brought him out, and as a result, writing the gospel that is good for us. I don't know where you are in, in, in if, if you relate to that story at all. I don't know where you might be. You might be a Barnabas. You might be a Paul. You might be a Mark in one stage or another. But remember, God wants to use you for his work. And remember, it's really about Jesus. It's really about getting that gospel message out so that those can, people like Cornelius can, and his household can hear it and be saved. Let's pray to God to use us. Let's pray to God to speak to us as we go through this message. You can start reading in the gospel of Mark. I'll mention this next week. One of the things that impresses me about Mark, one of the key words in Mark doesn't sound like a key word at all. It's a word like immediately and suddenly and at once. It's, it, it is a gospel of action. And we see the life, we see the action of Jesus. God wants to see action in us. Not inaction, not laziness, not excuses. He wants, us to, wants to see us doing and faithfully doing the work of God. May we come to that conviction, commit ourselves to do that, and continue in the path that God has for us to be useful for his glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We pray that as we look through your word in this series, that you would enlighten us, encourage us, and minister to us so that we become effective in speaking the gospel. We pray for anyone here today that is hearing the gospel and realizes it's not good enough to hear the gospel. It's not good enough to be a good person. They must, by faith, trust Christ as their Lord and Savior, repent of their sin, and turn to him. We pray you speak that message and make it clear to each and every person that it applies to here you would challenge our hearts in your gospel that once we hear it, we might believe it, trust in it, and that we might live in it, we might be faithful in it. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. We ask the choir if they come, lead us in our closing song.